will come out, will come to play. Just for recreation, sick to pass the time away. Lots of fun, heaps of fun, enjoy yourself today. Not Melbourne boys are hard to beat when they come out to play. So join in the chorus, sing it one and all. Join in the chorus, North Melbourne's on the ball. Good old North Melbourne, the champions you'll agree. Hello and welcome to the Stern Look. I'm Kangaroos Forever. For today's show, we have Andrew Swallow's arch nemesis and the leader of the Fridge Magnets Makers Union, the Quiz. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Glad to be back. Good to have you on, Quiv. Following Quiv, we have Ben Cousins' accountant, Legrill. Good evening, Ben. Good evening, listeners. As always. The show's structure is just going to be the same. It's long focus on AF question and answer in the panel, thumbs up and down, club discussion, maybe a little bit on the VFL, but Nate's not. And just a bit of a quick review of the surprise. So that should satisfy Gasso. So moving straight into the issues of the show, and there's only really... The issue is the AFLW, I know, with the last couple of weeks. So, Quiv, what... Uh, shit. I, um, no, I, I, I don't believe so. Um... I yeah I, I don't I don't no I'm not going to say anything I don't I don't agree with it. <laughs> Fair enough you don't you don't get in trouble. Fair enough. Yeah yeah. <laughs> no well I okay <clears throat> as far as I'm concerned I don't particularly mind what decision is made as long as it's made with some science and some knowledge behind it. I think um, the inclusiveness that the AFL want to promote obviously leans towards, yes, let it play. However, we do need to consider the safety of the participants and also whether or not she is going to have an advantage over the other participants. And I, I, I don't know the answer. And that's, and that's something that I hope with more discussion and uh, more research that we actually find out. But one thing I will say is I see a lot of stuff on Facebook and a lot of stuff on Big Footy, you know, criticising her, you know, teasing her, saying things like it and he and, and all those sort of innuendos. The person has gone through more than many people could imagine and she identifies as a woman and I think overall we need to... We need to respect that. But as far as whether or not she should be playing AFL or not, I, I don't have the answer because I just don't know enough. And I hope everybody making such um, definitive comments on that are doing so from an actual knowledge base and not just some preconceived notion. And I can't really say much, too much more about it because, I, again, I just don't know enough about it. Fair enough. I know Teffy or Snake Baker mentioned it on the main board job with, just on the side note. He made some interesting points in regards to, from what I've read, again, I haven't read all points of view on it, but what I've heard from experts is that it seems she, Hannah, changed after her teenage years, after puberty. She has that denser skeletal frame. She, apparently, like, the extra five kids added girth to, this, yep. to the skeleton, so it gives a, yep. a bit more punch in a bumping or tackling situation, she does have a bigger build as well. And 
who knows about the hormonal side of it. I know Teffy probably has knows a bit more than I do about it. So I'm at the moment I am leaning towards what Quiv said, and I do agree with your points about this phobia type of seeping through. But there are people like women get hurt. I and a lot of and I'm not necessarily correlating someone saying no with that. It's just you can tell pretty quickly with someone that has an, a genuine yeah a genuine feeling one way or the other and someone who's just trying to get a cheap laugh and it's the people that are trying to get the cheap laugh is what i really don't want to see happen because i mean we talk about online bullying you know when um when it was sort of intimated that torrent vickery retired because of that kind of stuff and things like that yet where um, there seems to be another standard, well, with a lot of pe- with the majority of people about her, and I, I'm not comfortable with that. And I mean, I'm I'm a big believer of the phrase "live and let live." You know, I mean, there's reasons why a person makes this decision, and that you know that could be impossible for many people to fathom but you've got to respect it. Yeah. And I, um, I don't, you know, like I said, I don't mind people saying that they're against that decision for one or the other reasons, but yeah, I just think people need to stop with the, with the, um, the ridicule, I suppose. Yeah. And that's always going to happen when you become that satire. But I think that's all we have to say really on the topic. I know it's a, not a very nice topic sometimes to talk about, unfortunately, in terms of bullying and whatnot. But we'll move on to I, the news. I think I think the topic is it's just more that it's a we, massive we gray. Don't, we don't know it's a massive about gray area. Yeah. yeah, it's a massive gray area, and people just don't know how to react because we've not really been presented with that issue often mm-hmm. enough. I and the science isn't quite there yet. There's issues over Olympic standards. Trends, there's a lot of... Anyway, Absolutely. we'll move on to... So we'll start the Q&A segment with Legrill. Absolutely. First up, when was... Okay, this is... It would have been 1988. Um, Jeez, it was right. in Perth. I was eight years old. Um, it was North Melbourne versus West Coast, obviously. Um, I remember I played free ball before the game, which was that generation's version of Auskick, yep. and I was excited as anybody could be. So being from Western Australia, why did you end up? Okay, so I lived in a town in, in suburban Perth called Wanneroo, and our football team was imaginatively nicknamed the Roos. Um, and I just sort of made that connection and, and went along with it. Um, also, at the time in the late 80s, and this is this is something that I hope AFL coverage brings back because I thought it was fantastic at the time. Um, when a team won a game, there used to be like a little, I think about five to ten second cartoon that ran across the screen of the mascot of yep. the club. And I love the kangaroo. <laughs> so I I'm not too sure if my origin story is a really solid foundation, but it's a foundation nonetheless. Well, it beats my 
North Melbourne home games in the Sydney story. <laughs> I think we only got like two fans there, but including myself. <laughs> okay, next question. So what kind of sports have you played over the years? And on a scale from Lockie Hanson to Patrick Danger. Okay, um, generally I had the what would be called the 80s and 90s version of the traditional Australian childhood. It was football and cricket. Um, I was the same height I am now as I was when I was 14 and I was a ruckman and (laughs) yeah, as I got, as I got older, everyone got taller. So I like to think of myself, it was a handy footballer, but, um, I was definitely a, uh, a dinosaur type at that age. So it wasn't, um, it wasn't conducive to me in the new era of football. Um, when I played cricket, I was a, again, I was a fairly tall guy. When I was a child, thinking that I'd be the next Dennis Lilly, got a stress fracture at 15 and turned into a bit of a, a swing bowler, like a medium pace swing bowler. Um, played lower grade whack comp, like third and fourth grade, largely. Um, I probably have scored the most forties without getting a fifty ever. <laughs> yep, I know that. Feeling. Across across any grade of cricket I played, I, I reckon I've got countless forties and never cracked it for a fifty, yeah. let alone a hundred. So I was. Um, that's one of the big regrets of my cricket career, I guess. But you know, you come you can make with a it. Return. <laughs> oh well, you know. Um, um, I am actually uh, picking basketball up again. I, I play socially, so, um, and I'm still sore from the game on Saturday, which was my first game for 10 years. Yeah, that'll be the case. <laughs> it's the same with cricket for yeah. me. <laughs> first stadium now, that, it's a big, well, it's fairly big news. So, location, what do you make of it? Okay, so um, basically, the, the new stadium is. It's in a good position in terms of distance from the CBD and, like, it's right next to the casino and both of those places are probably the biggest areas that somebody, if they're stopping in Perth for a period of time, probably go see. Um, I don't think they've nailed the public transport side of things. Um, I think they've got a massive opportunity to use ferries because the Swan River sort of goes in a lot of directions and it's very hard to explain, obviously, without a map. But the stadium is east of the CBD, but it's still on the river. Yeah. Um, they do have ferries from Perth to South Perth, but... So whereabouts it is it in relation to any place I've really been to in Perth? Well, it's right next to there. Oh, is it? Oh, wow. And... I mean, I know trying, there's been conjecture about the um, the bridge and that not being ready till about May, but mm. I, I think a lot of people, I think they're missing a massive opportunity of not building a ferry stop so people can catch the train in to to the city and then just a short walk and catch the um, the ferry to the to the ground um, because the issue with Perth suburb in as terms of suburbia goes, is it's it's not like say Melbourne or Sydney where it's a continuous population. Like the yeah. suburbs are a little bit more spread out. 
and the train lines sort of go with that. So to actually, from where I am, which is in the east of Perth, I've got to catch a line that goes to Perth and then sort of switch trains and go the other direction, whereas it doesn't have that web kind of... Um, yeah, it's like a huge web. And- yeah, and that, and that would be perfect for that stadium. Now, the other issue that a lot of people are coming away with is that the platform's too big for the throngs of people that are coming after a game or after a concert. I don't buy too much into that because at Subiaco, it was just as bad. So I don't think that's such an issue. Well, at least it's an upgrade on Subiaco with the seating. Oh, the stadium itself? Yeah. The stadium itself, yeah, is 10 times better. It looks like a nice stadium and and watching a few of the games. Yeah, it looks good. A bit vanilla for me, but I mean... Vanilla works. Yeah, I know. And like, you know, you let the crowd become the... That's the, it. As long as it's not like ANZ where it kills the atmosphere, but yeah. One thing I do like about it is that it the the playing level is sunken compared to the first row of seats, so everybody's looking down. Yeah, that's and better. and I think that's really cool because back in Subiaco, if you had seats that are on the first the first row of the fence, you won't see over the other side of the ground because of the curve of the ground. Mm. Stupid. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's a really good move. Fair enough. And last, this is one of the last questions. Now, I know you met most of the podcast, but what was it like meeting the legendary podcast? Well, I mean, some of their choices on the uh, Tender Touch menu were pretty pretty eye-raising, to say the least. What what did Quiv order? uh, (laughs) I don't know. Did I, something about a trombone? I (laughs) <laughs> I'm not sure what that is. I, I, rusty. I, oh, rusty trombone, was it? Oh, it might have been that. But no, they were all a bunch of very nice guys, and um, I look forward to doing it again because I had a very, very, very good time. Yeah. I still owe a few <laughs> for my last Hey, I've then. got no problem with Philly. He seems <laughs> to have an issue with my hatred of the media. And look, I invite him to come on the show and discuss it with me. <laughs> that did. That'll end well. <laughs> uh, thanks for that, Luke. Moving on to the ever popular injury fantastic. <laughs> oh, I absolutely loved it. And the commentary from Max Gorn along with it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My least favourite teammate. <laughs> oh, he's a pisser. And my thumbs down. My second thumbs down is the. Oh, as usual at this time of year, my thumbs up's always going to be footies almost back, which is good. Um, I'm, I'm excited for this year, which is the first time in a long time because I don't really have any expectations, I guess, you know. I expect not to finish bottom of the ladder and that's about it. So it's anything better than that's a win in my book. So, <laughs> so that's pretty yeah. good. Another thumbs up is hopefully we get to see more Sean Atley in the forward line. Um <laughs> No, so I'd say a serious thumbs up would be I quite enjoyed AFLX. I thought um, I didn't watch night three, but night two I thought was far superior to night one. And it's an exciting game. I just don't think it's for professional footballers to play, but I think it's a cool concept that could work. Um, and thumbs down, oh, I don't know. I haven't really been paying attention to football outside of the actual matches, so. Oh, that's all right. Do you have any news to frown upon? Well, not really. So we'll move on to the grill then if you're finished. 
Ne, kefo. He said enthusiastically. <laughs> I just have a question, Quiv. Um, did you enjoy the membership packs this year? Oh, well. <laughs> I enjoyed my kids' ones. I signed both my kids up to a proper membership this year, so I enjoyed theirs. But uh, no, no, the the, mem- the you know what? It's not even just the magnet anymore. It's the lack of communication <laughs> from the club about the magnet. I, I feel they're ignoring me. But I um, why. <laughs> but that's that's my battle to fight, and I'll I'll continue that. <laughs> Hashtag put your magnets out. <laughs> I guess. Carlton put out a proper Carlton did, GWS did, my real mm. estate bloody did. Yeah, everybody <laughs> except Norma. Yeah, it's funny because um, I, um, my wife is an Eagles member and she got her pack and I've just looked at it and I've gone, I, I mean, I don't care about a magnet. I mean, the fixture <laughs> magnet is the fixture magnet, but um, I've gone, yeah, Quib's not going to like this. So... <laughs> In my in my state, as a just a general person, you're pervade, you're all pervasive in my thoughts. I guess <laughs> that's good to hear. So, I'm not sure why I think of you, but yeah, hard not I to. guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, look, thumb, my thumbs up is probably fairly um, similar to Quiv in as much as my thumbs up. The liberation and the reasons for that is like we've said just no expectation you can watch a game and just watch people develop and i think that that i mean that might seem defeatist and these guys might turn up and completely prove us wrong but it's great it, it's you know as long as we can see a plan as long as we can see improvement, this season's going to be okay. And that's something that I'm really looking forward to. I think um, in our previous versions of the team, particularly, you know, the um, 16 and 15 years, where we hoped to be a little bit more of a power than we perhaps were, um, it was stressful and it was disappointing at times. But seeing the younger players of the club, I think we're going to be okay. And that's a good thing. My thumbs down, I don't really know at the moment. There's there's nothing there's nothing really that pressing that I'm going to lose sleep over. I mean, yes, Jai getting injured was really Stupid. unfortunate, particularly in the circumstances, and that's going to happen. Um, uh, well, let's move on to the Jai Simpkin thing while we're talking about that. So move this into the club discussion with Simpkins. So was the punishment? Did it meet the? Well, I mean, yeah. Well, he's going to be out for a while, and the club need to basically iterate to him that you know professionalism isn't just when you're at the game area training. It's all over the field, and I'm I'm pretty sure he's learnt that lesson in spades. So provided that there's no lingering damage from the injury, yeah, that's um, the concern. It's a good thing, but yeah, that's always in the back of someone's mind, obviously. And and um, if he can if he can use that as an educational thing about the standards of what you need to do as as a professional footballer and how easily something can go awry, well, 
it may be the best thing for him. I mean, I don't think that he did anything particularly untoward. Yep. I mean, if he was as drunk as a lot of people intimate that he was, I, I mean, obviously it's not great considering the season's around the corner, but, I mean, the, I mean, we go back to our conversation with Corey McKernan and, you know, the, the players had that social aspect. They had that release and... Whilst the game is a completely different game at the moment, I think to completely swear off socialising and alcohol during a football season, particularly if you enjoy drinking, and that's not saying that, that I'm not saying that there's any um, issues with alcohol abuse or anything like that. I'm just saying that you know to have a beer with your mates and have a night out is a great way to slot, um, to blow off steam and. You know, any professional needs to do that, whether you're a professional footballer you or... Uh, yeah, it was a beautiful, actually. <laughs> um, um, <laughs> um, I've lost my train of thought. No, yeah. you're right. Um, so you, you, that's a good point, Lucky. Look, it was, I think the club did fine. It was a lot of, a lot of the punishment to get moderate yeah. and I, and I guess, And I guess that he's probably learned a bigger lesson than a lot of people. Like, I mean, he thought, yep, I'm walking to the bus or walking home or, or whatever he was doing. Which, uh, thankfully, he wasn't driving. It's more yeah, exactly. Together. Like, it wasn't as though he showed a, a blatant disregard for... <laughs> Dig Goey. Yeah. yeah, well, um, <laughs> the, you know, the laws or anything like that, he, he just probably had a bit too much, and and that can happen, even with the best intentions. Uh, the whole but, thing is just an accident. Accidents happen. Sure, yeah. alcohol is involved, yeah. but shit. Just, just an accident. Just an accident. Nothing more, nothing less. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I think the club did as quiet as it could have been. Yeah, and a few um a few people sort of piped up and said, oh, what's the difference between what he did and what Dugowie did? Well, it's pretty obvious. Um, Dugowie got the behind the wheel of a car and put other people's lives at risk. And But, yeah, I think it was appropriate for what happened. Righto, just one more club discussion. So approval AFLW team next year as well. So what does that mean? Well, I think the overall development looks pretty promising, not just for the club, but for the area. And it's, to me, and I think I've made this comment previously about sporting clubs being representative, representative of the community. And you've obviously got the community um, of all the suburban clubs, but when they play out of only the MCG already had, it's really hard to sort of build that that bond between your residents and your football club. Yeah. But with that area being a hub of business, resident, uh, residential areas, and the club, I think it's a really good opportunity for the club to, um, to really engage with, the local community, and I think uh, I think it's a fantastic idea. I mean, it's going to be great to hopefully, being from WA, get over for games at Arden Street, something that my dad has done but I have not, yeah. and that irks me. And still at the moment, considering he's a Col- or he was a Collingwood fan and now an Eagles fan, um, but yeah, absolutely, it's um, it's exciting. It's exciting for the club, and obviously, there's the whole. Um, 
the presence of the club in, in Melbourne and obviously a lot of members of the club are concerned about the talk and outside noise about the club moving to Tasmania and I think it's just another step in that in that um, consolidation in the area. Well, that's, that's one of the main points to any detractors yes, in terms of redeveloping a home base, which we, what we, we needed to do that. We needed to stamp our authority a bit in that regard. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely, that's right. No, can't continue to let the AFL try to push them where they want us. Yes, because we all know they have their agendas. Anyway, we'll move quickly on just on to the VFL and then questions and then review. So with the VFL, as people, most people know, David Lode is now our team. In terms of the leadership group, Chris Jansen are at Robance in its first season. So it should be interesting to see how they go in terms of our squad depth. I think it will go pretty well, actually. The VFL never quite. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's obviously going to depend on a large part about injuries to the team and, and all that sort of stuff. If we have a year like last year, we're probably well, going to struggle to fill the players, side. though, like Jansen. Yeah, oh, oh, I think, and, you know, I... I I think at that level, Michael Close will be a very good player. Oh, I think um, yeah, he's a bit unlucky. To yeah, and I mean, you know, maybe maybe that could be something down the line, and he might get a rookie list contract next year or something like that. So, especially if he has a good season, he doesn't sit here. Yeah, for too much. It's all it's all in front of him. So yeah, it's a, it's 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 um. I'm just I'm just wrapped that North Melbourne have their own club. I mean. Not that I had an issue with Werribee or North Ballarat or even Port Melbourne prior to that. It's just the club to be able to play their players and their positions under their game style, um, you know, training all together. I just think it's it's so it's going to be so beneficial for the club long term. And yeah. I mean, the romantic in me probably links back to the comment made earlier about the. Um, the Arden Street development, in as much as yeah, you'd just be able to have that that heartland that you could you could develop that sort of real community feel, and it's your club, it's your club at all the levels, and particularly, I mean, we've got the obviously WA uh, AFLW team coming up next year as well, so I think it's I think it's great. I, 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 I'm wrapped that they decided to go down this path. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, especially yeah, because... Only, the, uh, I was just going to say, the only downside being uh, they're playing out of somewhere other than Arden Street. Yeah, yeah well, that, Oval, I think yeah, is. which is... Yeah, which is hopefully just a temporary thing until they get the, the stadium up to scratch, but... Well, that's what the investment was, about $10 million, roughly. They're investing in the club yeah. upgrade, change rooms, and the basic scoreboards and whatnot. Temporary fencing, stuff like that. So we yep. should be right for that. Fantastic. Uh, right, we'll move on to the questions. We've got a couple of questions from Twitter, so we ignore Philly Rue's questions because he's a smart Alec. <laughs> so notice I haven't said the M word. Well, only yes, <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, I missed it. What word? Oh, it's a couple of words. Starting with Emmy. First question for let's let's go Quiv. Will Scott have the? Um, I think with the stuff he's saying in particular uh, to LDU, saying how he's ready, but we don't want to rush him and stuff. Barrett Scott's a bullshit artist. He's playing round one. 
I think we we'll we'll play all the kids. Uh, I'm I'm keen. That's a, another reason I'm optimistic. Uh, not optimistic. Excited for this year. I, I'm can't wait to see Paul Hearn play. I can't wait to see. Uh, LDU, I can't wait to see Larky. I can't wait to see all these uh, Cam Zerha. I'm on the Cam Zerha bandwagon. If nobody's if nobody's driving that train yet, oh, I want to drive it. I Is that uh, so? Zerha's the new Atley. He's not there yet, but uh, I'll tell you doesn't, what, those, those really fend-offs, right. If he keeps that up, um, he, yeah. he he'll go a good way to becoming doesn't really roll part of my the heart. Like, you know, orange is new black or anything like that. But I think if we push <laughs> it, it, it'll get in. The brains a bit. <laughs> Maybe. I want, see, I want to see Proust like Weekly. You know. Weekly. Yeah, and like the Proust posterizer. Bang. Oh, especially plays that I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I've got a list, don't worry. Bernie Vincent. <laughs> I have to tick my next round. Uh, I'm just excited. I think he'll play the kids to answer the question. I, I think he really will. Um, and we'll see improvement out of the likes of Garner and Ben Brown, hopefully continue on his path to greatness. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, by the way, that, that question was uh, submitted by Peter Q, which can be found at, at Peter Quinn one That's Quinn with two Ns. So give him a follow and a couple of likes because we love our contributors on this uh, program. Um, mm-hmm. To answer his question from my point of view, I don't think we have much choice. <laughs> I mean, the players that would be the usuals, I mean... They're all gone. Over the last couple of years, you've got your Paredes, you've got Harvey, you've got Gibson. I think the question might be the older 23 to 27. Well, I mean, to be honest, Scott Thompson's play last season makes him around one starter in my book. Agreed, yeah. He, he, he was very good, and the back line are definitely going to need that older head. I mean, between him and... Tarrant, they are the captains, so to speak, of that back half. And he he will be absolutely necessary. I mean, you're going to see people like Nielsen, Mackay, Durden um, go through there in terms of tall forwards. And then you've got... Ed Vickers, Willis. Ed, Hibbard. Williams. If Morgan's going to play, he's going to play in the back line. And same with Marley Williams. So oh, I'm thinking I more think Josh Williams. Oh, I have a big rap on Josh Williams. I, I love the way he goes. Yeah, he, 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 he looks like he's probably one of the players that has, if that yeah. makes sense, like he's well, got he's, the composure. He's tall, he's quick, and he's composed. And he's a decent yeah, recent that, footy. Yeah, and that's what we need. Um, I think we'll hard this season. I didn't well, mind I, hard tongue, actually, if we're going to go. It was very good general. from what I saw in the first game, uh, the first JLT game. And I think he was unfairly maligned at Hawthorne. Look, we're not expecting Hartung to be a Brownlow medalist, but you can't tell me that he wasn't a first 22 player at Hawthorne last yeah. season. Look, 20, if he can be just that guy that accumulates on the outside, it provides a bit. Absolutely. And that's, I mean, it, like I said, I think I spoke to you guys privately about this was I was, I was, net, I was, surprised that there was no buzz about Hartung to North Melbourne. To me, it just made more sense. He has an exaggerated reputation for being a bit soft at the contest. And to be honest, like I've seen, I've seen the toughest guys pull out and, you know, that's going to happen from now and then. And to be honest, 
that's not why we recruited him. We recruited him because we need pace and outside run. And what does he do? He gives us pace and outside run. It's to me, it was so it was so obvious, and I was surprised that there wasn't more of a buzz even on the big footy board about it. And he's only, what twenty two, like he's young. Yes, absolutely. Years. I think O'Hearn's like most of our kids around that twenty to twenty two mark. They're not young, young kids. Absolutely, yeah, and and that's the thing. Like, I mean, like if we can get with that with our game plan, if we can get him up and running and getting the ball and doing a reasonable job of disposing the footy, yeah, he's going to be very valuable for us. He'll play a lot more games than a lot of people think he will. He'll play round one in my opinion. Yeah, um, I didn't have him penciled in at the start of the year, but my opinion. Yeah, I, I think that. Like, like you said, I think his reputation has been completely exaggerated. I think he's got AFL-level attributes. I mean, there are deficiencies, and all players have that. I mean, it's going to happen, but it's about team balance, and I think he just balances the team perfectly. Yeah, I agree. Well, just one more question from... Adam from on Twitter. I'm not going to bother. You can see it on the Stern. He's a WA boy, I believe. Is he? Um, oh, okay. You can find listener, him on the Stern Look page. I can definitely do that. Adam Mackay. Go for it. That's all right. So he's suggesting a 14th to 11th. Absolutely acceptable. Um, but we're in a situation at the moment where wins, losses, and ladder positions are probably... Less important. Well, yeah, until, like, unless you see the style of play and players that are improving. Like, would you rather be ninth and play boring, well, not even boring, just play, like, negative football where you know that the limit of that play will be seventh? Or would you rather take risks, lose a few games, and develop a club that could could be top four in a few years, but the trade-off is that they could be 17th or 18th after a few years. Well, that's what we kind of did um, last year with that. We decided to go more attacking. And, yeah. Well, to be, I mean, to be honest, though, it wasn't a bad plan because we perhaps didn't execute what we were trying to do. But at the same time, Know, we win those close games and pull another couple out, and you know we're probably around the mark, and oh well, at least the mark of the eight anyway. But um, I think, from my point of view, you know, I just want to see a style of play. I want to see improved skills. I want I am, and you know, if the concentration on that comes at the cost of winning games, well, so be it. I mean, you always want to win the game, but. We need to develop a game plan and considering that the core of the next our next team that we hope are going to be contenders is going is needed we need to learn now. And so I wouldn't be too worried about the win and loss record or the later position this year. I mean it's the style of play and the yeah, and the development of players and development of skills is what I want to see. Yep, exactly. As long as we beat Richmond and the Bulldogs. That's all that matters. <laughs> Nate, Nate oh, I've got to say, like, Carlton, Carlton are a bit yappy. 
Yeah, as long as we finish above them. At least those clubs... We're a better team than the Bulldogs. We're a better team... No, sorry, not the Bulldogs. The Lions. We're a better team than the Suns. We're a better team than Carlton. I'm not sold on St. Kilda at all. The Blues posters won't like that. And I just watched Collingwood play just then. We're a better team than Collingwood as well. We're not even going to finish bottom four. No, well, I mean, I think, you know, we're looking at the fixture list and, you know, if, you know, things go our way with streaks and all that kind of stuff, we could very well find ourselves four and one after five games. Yeah, but the thing is, Quiv wants us to tank eventually. <laughs> oh, I, 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 didn't be- I, I didn't know that the club played to Quiv's wishes. Oh, I don't know about that. And if they do... What the hell have you been wishing for, mate? <laughs> Dustin Martin and Josh Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't quite work out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, well. We'll move on to a bit of a review. I think we've actually... Uh, <laughs> no, I watched the first half and fast-forwarded through the second half. Um, not much to really say. Uh, you've mentioned Hartung. I thought he's... Um, and I think I mentioned in a private chat earlier. I think he's going to... Well, we're going to attempt to make him the player that we wanted Sean Atley to be off the back flank, and he's going to be running the ball down the wing, hopefully. Um, you, you can't really take much out of these GLT, JLT games. We play Melbourne in what, round three. We don't want to show them anything we're going to actually do in the game. They, they can have their little win over us in the off-season games that don't matter, but we've got the streak and the real stuff. <laughs> um, I think... These games, especially with the limited preparation because of the uh, AFLX, these games are just about getting some run in the legs, and that's it. You can't really take too much out of anything, really. Uh, we, we tried Ben Cunnington forward. He kicked a goal. That, that's nice. I expect to see that happening a lot more. Um, Zerha got a good run in his legs. He did a few nice things down the wing. I think he even managed to snag a goal in the second yeah. half. Uh yeah, just just got to just sit back and wait for some the real stuff to start. Absolutely, yeah. Not really. I mean, for mine, Hartung was far and away the best, well, the most, the biggest positive, I guess. And not that I didn't expect it, but I think he's actually shown why the club picked him up, and it's it's made it quite clear. Um, apart so first from that, impressions. Yeah, look. I honestly think that it's going to take a little while, but you can see the building blocks, and that's 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 super exciting. Like, you did a couple of things that you just went, hey, I don't know if we've got anybody else on the team that can do that, and that's great. But I'm not expecting him to be like a Chris Judd explode-on-the-scene-time player, but I think we've got a good one, and that's how I would. And that's, I suppose, how I'd put it. Where would you put Ryan? To me, he's a classic wingman. But I mean, oh, yeah. to have him on, to him on one one wing, and Hartung on the other, it just gives us that link up. That uh, yeah, the link up player. And I think that's where, if he's going to make it at this level, he's going to be a link up player because you think about a football field, you've got to try to get the ball up approximately 150 metres end-to-end, you know, a little bit more, about probably closer to 160. And for someone to get it from the back line, you need to be, need players to be able to run into a position. And I think he can do that. And I do think, like a lot of players, 
you know, even up to their 50th game. It takes a while for them to get comfortable with the pace of the game. And if they if he can do that, he can, like, because obviously the knock is his disposal, he can actually improve upon that because he, he knows when he can take his time and knows when he's can't. Like, you think about any young kid jumping up, like even the jump from VFL to AFL is, in terms of speed, is, you know, a massive jump. To think about somebody who's only played for a couple of years to go to that level in a position like he plays. Yeah. I mean, obviously, there's going, to be, there's going to be natural players that can do it, and that's fine. But honestly, I think the wing is whether or, or whether he plays like, you know, a half forward that pushes up, that he gets the ball around that wing area. I think that's where he's going to be the most valuable. Fair enough. I know there's a bit of criticism. The thing is, I do see him as the outside, so he plays a little bit on the inside, yeah. but plays yeah. mostly on the wing. But you've got, to, you've got to also remember, you've also got to remember that AFL football these days, there is probably maybe a full forward and your full back are the only two guys that really play only one position. Like in terms of, In terms of the rotations... All these players are going to be moved around in areas. So, in that respect, look, I mean, like 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 uh, Quib said, I don't know how much you can read into one game. That's right. I mean, you haven't seen much of him in the inside. Or I would give. Well, he's definitely got the skill set to do it. Yeah, whether you can put it together. You know, like, there's yeah. an argument to be made. His kicking skills are more valuable on the outside. But that, look, that's an argument. Absolutely. Into it. That's right. So on that note, we'll finish it up. So I'd like to thank Quiv and Legrill for jumping on tonight. Uh, yeah, before we go, we'd like to do the um, feature of business segment. Um, this business isn't necessarily a North Melbourne-related business, although they do produce North Melbourne stuff. It's uh, leagueteams.com.au. They provide retro styling, uh, retro styled clothing, um, and it's full of all that really cool and quirky stuff. Um, give it a look. Um, I've purchased a couple of t-shirts. Um, one was the North Have Courage Logan of the seventies, and a uh, Arden Street t-shirt with the uh, famous elephant. And um, I'm always a big supporter of any um any business that gives us good north melbourne content so give them a look online if you see what you like order a shirt um also they have graciously offered us the opportunity to give away a shirt um to win a shirt what you will need to do is provide to either the twitter account or k4e or myself on big footy your 22 for round one this year. Now, if you can name the most people that the club names, you win the shirt. And so have a go at it. Hopefully you uh, um, take it seriously and win a shirt. Hmm. No worries. That's all for Thank, me. Thanks a lot, Legrill. <laughs> Next week will be a Tasmanian and cricket theme, so they'll probably lose a half our audience, but anyway... <laughs> As I interviewed Brett, Brett Jeeves on the state of Tasmanian sport. Thanks for tuning in and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes if you haven't on Twitter or on Big Footy where we usually shit fighting. But <laughs> I'll 
I'll be introducing live streaming probably next. So I'll leave a link up for that. Otherwise, goodbye, everyone.